is she on drugs at one point i just wrote is she on drugs i hope so i want it to be Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And before we start, you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and on TikTok at hold up podcast. And you can join our Patreon where we do fun bonus episodes and more at patreon.com slash hold up. Carrie, what do we watch this week? <laughs> this week we did a double feature of First Daughter and Chasing Liberty. Which both came out in 2004. They are nearly identical movies. Down to the twist. The twist is the same. Yes. Well, except that in Chasing Liberty, it's not really a twist except for her. Like everybody else knows. I know, but when it happened, I watched Chasing Liberty first. And so when it happened, I was like, whoa, twist. And then when I watched First Daughter, I was like, all right, I know what the twist is. I get it. Had you seen these movies before? I don't think so. If I did, they so, made no lasting impression. But to be fair, I can't remember Chasing Liberty now. And I watched it three days ago. So I've definitely seen Chasing Liberty. Like, I know I've seen that movie before. I can remember, like, where I watched it. I don't know if I've ever seen First Daughter before. But I very distinctly, like, remember the scene where the twist is revealed. Which, by the way, like, we're going to talk about it. So here's the thing. If you, if you don't want the twist of these movies spoiled because you're like holding out to watch it why we're here to save you from it you've either seen this or you don't care there's no way someone's like oh i've been for the last 18 years i've been avoiding first daughter chasing liberty spoilers both the love interests are secret service agents right uh, which the women are not aware of in and first, in first daughter, daughter neither we're not meant to be aware of it either right and i kept thinking do I know the twist because it's so obvious or because I've seen this movie before? I have seen this honestly movie before and I knew the twist because know. it was so obvious. Now, to be fair, I had already, I watched First Daughter second. So it might have been I where I was like, oh, first. okay, I know what this twist. I think it was hard. Right. I don't think the writing was good. Also, we have to do the demographics because I've told you not to look up who wrote Chasing Liberty. Yeah. And I cannot, not Chasing Liberty, First Daughter. And I cannot wait to see your face. You're going to scream. All scream. right, so tell us, like, who's in the movies who wrote directed i mean the cast is in both these movies is absurd chasing liberty holds an 18 percent on rotten tomatoes it was directed by andy cadiff and written by Derek gully and david schneiderman um it star- this is the mandy moore one it stars mandy moore that english guy or irish he honest to god i can't picture his face anymore he's just become the other guy from first daughter what's his name Matthew Good. Matthew Good. The president is played by Mark Harmon, which P.S. That's the world I want. I don't know. There were other people in the movie, probably. I don't remember. The mom First, is like a British character actress. I know I've seen her. In oh, things. yes. I was like, is that uh, uh, Jolie Richardson again? It's not. But It's not, seen. but like very similar energy. Yes. First Daughter also came out in 2005 holds an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know what 10% Chasing Liberty had over First Daughter, because to be quite frank... Oh, I do. I feel like... Bad. Okay, we'll get into it. They're both bad. Chasing Liberty is definitely the superior movie. First Daughter was directed by Forrest Whitaker, who we've talked about oh, before. Wild. Is, a, you know, a man we respect. He directed Waiting to Exhale. I don't know how we got here, but we'll talk. It was the story of this movie 
It was the the screenplay of this movie was written by uh, Jessica Berenger and Kate Gardell. The story by is Jessica Berenger and Jerry O'Connell. I told you, you in a million years, you would never have guessed it. Carrie was like, who is it? I'm going to try and guess. And I was like, you can try and guess. You will never get there. What? Mm -hmm. Does that mean like he came up with the idea for this movie and then somebody else like wrote the dialogue? Is that what's happening? Essentially. That is, I'm going to go to the uh, first daughter Wikipedia page because I was like, I need more information. Um, Sounds like he sold a movie. I'm just going to read the production chunk of the Wikipedia that will shed some light on the Jerry O'Connell situation. The film began development in March 1999 when actor Jerry O'Connell, I also like when I just saw the name Jerry O'Connell, I clicked it to be like, gotta be a writer, gotta be a different, we're talking different Jerry O'Connell. No, no. This is like Dan Levy and Dan Levy. Correct. Or um, uh, what's Leah Michelle's best friend's name? Jonathan Groff and Jonathan Groff. Jonathan Groff and Jonathan Groff. Right. Uh, the film began development in March 1999 when actor Jerry O'Connell sold a screenplay he had written to Regency Enterprises for a six-figure sum. Uh, he intended to also star in the film. Originally to shoot summer of that year, the project was pushed back to the spring of 2000 to allow O'Connell to film Mission to Mars. Thank God we got that in. And Rob Thomas was hired to rewrite the script. Here's another instance. Rob Thomas, Rob Thomas. This is Rob Thomas of Veronica Mars. I haven't clicked the name, but I'm going to guess it's Veronica Mars, Rob Thomas, and not uh, Santana Smooth, Rob Thomas. I just mean, like, I'm correct that that's who, like, the writer Rob Thomas is, right? Is yes, Veronica correct. Mars. Veronica okay. Mars, um, Party Down, etc. Right. For so unknown reasons, better. that film was not produced at that time, although Connell later received a story by credit for this film from the Writers Guild of America. The film's original producer was also, so I, it doesn't say what Jerry O'Connell's original script is that became first daughter or whom he was intended to star in it as maybe the secret service agent she did i don't know so it's like it was close enough that like the studio had to give him a story by credit here's here's what here's what i wonder jerry o'connell sold a script that was worse than this movie not necessarily sometimes and they doctored it sometimes this is what happened script so i took a class in grad school that was a fascinating class honestly go to grad school just to take this class where you would read a a script as it was originally sold and then watch the movie and talk about like how it had changed and very often you'd be like all right i see how we got like the original star wars script is like cuckoo banana pants it's like Mm -hmm. like steven spielberg came in and was like we're gonna make this like george lucas great world building but this makes no sense we're gonna turn this into uh, something that makes sense. Uh, but like Pretty Woman, the script is like a gritty drama. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, we're going to make it a rom-com. There's just, there are instances where you can, you can take a good script and make a bad movie. You cannot sure. take a bad script and make a good movie. I don't know that any part of this, I don't, I'm not willing to put money down that Jerry O'Connell wrote some sort of incredible script. But who knows? I mean, who knows, right? Maybe it was like, maybe it was a better movie. This was on par with some of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I did not feel that way about Chasing Liberty. Chasing Liberty is not a good movie. I'm not going to argue for its, like, its value. 
it was a more fun movie than First Daughter. It was I more enjoyed fun. watching boring. it. I enjoyed watching it more than I enjoyed watching First Daughter. I think I enjoyed watching First Daughter more, but also maybe just the second one. I have a theory. The second one we watched, we like it had to be better because we knew we had to get through it. I don't know. I think man. Chasing Liberty is more fun. I still think it's terrible. It makes I no sense. Know. There are plot holes you could drive a motorcade through. Like, okay, here's my issue with both of these, particularly First Daughter. Particularly First Daughter, because I feel like we like. You just said this daughter like because... Teresa Judas, my four daughters. <laughs> my four daughters. Listen. Okay, so the difference again these are nearly identical movies the basic premise and then i'll like explain a little bit of the differences and my issues with first daughter versus chasing liberty okay so the basic first premise katie holmes and manny moore are both 18 year old first daughters um and they both have like grown up under the public eye in the white house and wherever their fathers were before the white house and they are 18 and wanting to spread their wings and get a little bit of freedom. I get it. Like that part makes sense because we've seen that with all first children. So they both, one's going to college, one's like on a European vacation and in at various times try to like shrug their secret service, end up like falling for a guy who is actually secret service and keeping an eye on them. Um because they've negotiated okay. that all their Secret Service detail be reduced. And then the fathers, Michael Keaton and Mark Harmon, respectively, have snuck in a Secret Service as like a hot young student and or European traveler. Okay, but at least in Chasing Liberty, like, so we, her Secret Service it, are Jeremy Piven and Annabelle Sciorra, I think is how you say her name. Um, And so, like, they actually have a storyline and are actually characters Whereas in First Daughter, they're not really. No, they're just tall, bald men. They're just intimidating, yeah. bald men. At, at least they're like in plain clothes like they would actually be with an 18-year-old First Daughter. Yeah. We get this you know weird thing about it. But in the West Wing, Zoe Bartlett's Secret Service agent like dressed like a college student. And they even have a line yes. where they're like, a Chelsea Clinton Secret Service wore Birkenstocks. Like they blend in. Right. And then so we get this because there's this like gaping hole about the fact that like, I, I, first of all, in First Daughter, the thing, why do I keep saying daughter like that? First do- my four daughters. Oh, my I know, four I daughters. heard it. Have you been watching a lot Somehow, of Houses of New Jersey? In, in First Daughter, it's like Michael Keaton is the first president to ever like have a kid in the White House. Like, we're acting like the president's kids have never gone off to college before. Like this is some like earth shattering thing that this kid is going to college. It's like, I'm sorry, did Chelsea Clinton and the Bushes not exist in this world? But she keeps referring. So the Bushes don't exist in this world. Don't exist because it's 2004. I wrote down Michael Keaton as a Republican. Um, He's absolutely a Republican. We'll get there. Chelsea Clinton does exist in this world because she keeps referencing her. She says Chelsea Clinton's Secret Service wore Birkenstocks when she went to Stanford. She did this and this and this. Like, and we get an Amy Carter reference too. So, like, they are clearly meant to be. I honestly think. I think. Like, remember when the Bush girls in the early two thousands were this age, and there were like pictures of them all over the tabloids partying and the media was like they're drunk and it was like no they're fucking 17 18 years old like go off girls they're in college they're right. fucking children 
Um, because there was a part of me that I was like, the media would never treat a child this terribly. And then like in the back of my head, it was like, remember the Bush girls? I was like, oh, we did treat them badly. Um but yes. it was also but also like all of this weirdness where like she's going off to college and there's like a press conference and then like she's doing like appearances while in California. I was like, I feel like this would never happen. I feel like asking for the Carter. Right. Like, and they're asking her about policy. policy. Like, like she's 18 years old. Who gives a shit how this child feels about domestic policy? I also feel like, and maybe I'm just like, I, I feel like I pay attention to politics, but like, I feel like the Carters and the Clintons who do exist in this world, and then also like the Bushes and the Obamas who obviously don't or haven't come yet in this world, but like, they've created this precedent of like, we don't, t- like, you do not talk to the kids, like when they're like, and when you do, you fucked up. And like, yes, we had like, we've had, you know, like people talked, I do feel like some of the talking shit about her clothes was very reminiscent of Chelsea Clinton. The parting and stuff was very reminiscent of the Bush girls. And then also like the Obama girls down the road. But so like we, you get like weird paparazzi stuff, but like, I feel like all those families were like when their kids went off to college or their kids went to school, it was like, you don't like, we're not going to make a thing of it. It was, I I, like could not connect. I was like, what is happening? I do want to be clear. That is a very important rule for, um, children and or like young college age children of presidents uh chelsea clinton the uh bush girls the obama girls uh trump children are fucking adults and they should be held responsible for their yes. actions yes but that That's was there was almost day. like this thing where i was like like they have in both they have like the daughters like playing a role in the administration in a way i feel like we never have minor children doing but anyway also, wouldn't like who is sitting around thinking like I want a teenager's Greta Thunberg? Who is like I'm gonna need a child's uh uh opinion on this issue? And even right. Greta's, it's very specific. It's like mm, climate change only. We don't need domestic reform policy with her. So anyway, so in First Daughter, because they like make reference to the fact that Amy Carter and Chelsea Clinton's Secret Service when they went off to cl- college did wear plain clothes and they blended in and they like specifically hired like young looking Secret Service agents. There's like this throwaway line where Michael Keaton is like, well, they that was a different time. And I was like, I'm sorry, is this a 9-11 reference? Like what are, are we like is the are we supposed to believe that like because of 9-11 now the president's kids like don't have like the Secret Service plan is different? I was like, what what? What there's is this world that I'm in? He tells her about like all the death threats he gets about her, which is like there's a scene of the West Wing that's the same. But it's just sort of like, oh, this watch, this movie watch, like Jerry O'Connell was sitting at home watching The West Wing and was like, ooh, this storyline is gripping. He watched the episode where they're out at a bar and those guys hit on Zoe and then Charlie defends her. And it's a great episode of television. And Jerry O'Connell watched that episode and was like, I'm going to write this as a movie. But in this version, Dulé Hill is going to be a Secret Service agent and also he's going to be white um and i'm gonna write it badly like that's that's how i feel about these movies yes i like really struggled i was like i cannot like i'm like struggling i understand like it's a rom-com it's a teenage rom-com you're supposed to spend reality but like it was so off the wall that i was just like i don't even know what we're doing here also like teen rom-coms make sense i'm sitting here looking at my 10 things i hate about you poster let's not say teen rom like sometimes they work 
when you right. write it you know what this movie wasn't and it needed to be based on a shakespeare that's what it's meant Truly. here's the other thing that i struggled with in both movies is that no no not both movies again first daughter is like she goes off to college actually no in both movies she, she goes off to college and then this was my issue with chasing liberty in that like first scene where she has a date and like the secret service like tackle her dates friends or whatever oh, when she's and, a terrible blonde wig and he's like this is too much is i'm like i'm all of the president's children like run in like elite dc circles their friends are used to this shit yeah they like, go to one no of those one schools. is gonna be surprised yeah, and they're going to, like, fucking Ivy League colleges. Like, again, there's, like, these are all kids that are, like, used to the shit. I'm not, I really don't want to, like, make light of the fact that, like, first kids are under a microscope. I get that. And I'm not, I don't want to make light of that. I just feel like Gary, there were th- the Obama girls and the Bush girls aren't listening to this. It's okay. You don't know. Maybe, I mean, I know Jenna's reading a lot of books, but like maybe she wants to take time to listen to what we have to say about rom-coms. Okay. I bet Jenna would like this podcast. I just don't think she's found it yet, you know? I do too. Honestly, Jenna, we talk about books a lot. So, you know, just I'm saying. Jenna, girl, get anyway, over here. Um, Like I get that. I'm not trying to make light of that. I just feel like, like some of the shit in these movies, I was just like, what? What what's happening? Yeah, let's talk. Let's get let's get into some of this. Oh, sorry, finish. My biggest issue with first daughter. I don't want to shit on Katie Holmes. Listen, she's the acting is. Girl's been through a lot. I highly respect and admire the fact that she got her kid out of Scientology. I'm bleeding out. What? Keep going. I'm. We're not publicly disparaging Scientology. I don't want to be on a list. Listen. I have nothing but respect for the fact that it seems like at this point in her life, like she just wants to raise her kid and like hot New York chefs. Yeah. Like fine. But I kind of feel like Joey Potter tricked us into believing that Katie Holmes is talented. Wow. Bethany. Wow. Um, I also like, let's also, this is terrible writing. So she's it's not, terrible like, right given much to work with. I also don't terrible. think Katie Holmes is like one of our like, you know, two stars came out of Dawson's Creek. One of them is at the Oscars every year. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Right. right. Two female stars. Um, yeah. Half of that cast went on to be very talented. The other half went on to be Scientology's princess and then uh uh first uh defector. And uh, James Vanderbeek. Anyway, I said, like, was this some sort of Scientology? Is there hand? Are there are there Scientology hands in this? Also, I legitimately will be bleeping out every time we say Scientology. Like, did they do this to try and make her famous? This is 2004. This is right around the couch jumping time. Is it? Is that where we are in life? I think so. Wasn't the couch? I believe the couch was 2004. Okay. I, the writing is atrocious. The writing is truly atrocious. She and this man have zero chemistry. To be fair, Mark Lucas is one of the most boring human beings I've ever seen act. I watched the only, that movie yesterday. His face has gone to me also. Like he, him and, only other thing I know him from is that he was Buffy's 
love interest and then boyfriend for a while on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, I bet he thought this was going to be his jump to film. And it wasn't. uh Uh-huh. It was not. Here's the problem is when he's opposite Sarah Michelle Gellar, it's fine because she dances around him, right? To be fair, like, he was the most boring of her love interests on that show. Like, let's just be, let's just be for real, for real. Um, but then, like, you put him in a movie that where the dialogue is boring, and also like Katie Holmes is not Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar, stand <laughs> over here. I mean, I think Sarah Michelle Gellar is a good actress. I think that Buffy is iconic even in a way that Joey Potter is not. Um, no, what's iconic about Dawson's Creek is not, to be honest, any of the individual characters. Right. Um, I mean, she just is more charismatic. Like, let's just, it is what it is. This is not um, a Buffy podcast. This is not a Buffy podcast. But I'm just saying, like, the man is, the man is boring. He plays, like, blonde white guy well. Also, his he character doesn't a, like, like his character like just like Scottie's is nice to, her. to him, right? Yeah, his character like she is like obsessed with him because she's like, oh, he's nice to me and not like weirdly staring at me, and it's like, yeah, he right. was paid to. He's not all that interested <laughs> right. in you because not because he's like a nice normal guy, but because like that's his literal job, girl. He like yeah. he had. I mean, to be fair, it's the same with uh, Matthew Good over on Chasing Liberty. Is like at least he had an he accent, man. Just has a British accent and drives a motorcycle. Oh, you know what? Never mind. He has a British accent and drives a motorcycle. Many more. I guess. He's also more interesting looking than this guy is. I mean, yeah, you and truly, I are both like, just more attracted to Matthew Good. Yeah. I mean, there are like four other guys that, like, if you told me four other actors in Hollywood that if you told me that they were this man, I would believe you. Like, I want to know if anyone's seen this man and the guy from Happy Endings in the same room because they're the same person as far as i'm concerned um although to be fair we've gone we've been in like matthew good is uh andrew garfield slash like eight other different british brown haired guy like matthew good is not sure we're just attracted to that type of man (laughs) sure um the the moment where i was like this dialogue is like painful like the dialogue went from bad to painful was they're in a movie theater and he tells her to put chocolate on popcorn like it's some fucking revelation and then he's like well sometimes you got to make the break the rules to make things like good things or whatever and i was like i literally did that last night after my kids went to sleep like also i'm a this... midwest like suburban housewife and i fucking yeah, who's did that. eating like, popcorn that's... without sprinkling chocolate chips on it like honestly get out of here. I, um, what also i feel like this was like post parent trap when they saw like like the sales of oreos and peanut butter skyrocket mm, i'm guessing mm-hmm. i don't have the numbers and they were like we've got another whereas like oreo like dipping an oreo in peanut butter was sort of maybe i'm misremembering but i do remember being like that sounds amazing and then because of parent trap people started to do that whereas like chocolate on popcorn is like no salty sweet is actually like a very common flavor combination you can actually get like sweet pop like Sir, you're not you're not unique or interesting. Yeah. Um. She also just like they both. I guess more than Mandy, more like cuts her hair and becomes cool because she has that like friend with a tongue ring that she's trying to emulate. Mandy Moore at least feels like an actual teenager. 
I mean, I know yeah. that both of these women were grown adults in this movie, but Mandy Moore is like that character is at least written the way I would expect a teenager to act. Katie Holmes is written like a desperate housewife. Like I was like, I kept waiting for her makeover. Kept mm-hmm, waiting for the makeover. Because they kept showing how bad she dressed, and then she had the fun, cool friend. And uh, it never came. It she never continued happened. to dress like a boring housewife. I was like, she what also is like at one point is showing him the bracelet her father got her that has like she's like it has a charm from every country we've ever visited and every election we've ever won and i was like you're you suck <laughs> like that you're so yeah. fucking boring also she takes him and her friend like on air force one to go somewhere it's unclear because then they're back at the white house that night so it seems like an international trip it seems like they're in europe but then they're back at the white house that night because I think they went to DC, but it's unclear. It's very unclear. I think whatever. they went from California like, to DC. I don't whatever. Think you can use Air Force One for your daughter to like treat her friends. Like I think I once saw Tim Kaine flying coach. I don't think you're allowed to use Air Force One taxpayer dollars at Air Force One for your daughter to make amends for the shitty things she's done to her friend and boyfriend slash Secret Service agent. Also, like. She springs a black tie affair and meeting her parents on this man she's been on, like, I don't know, a date with yeah, without telling 18, him, you know, uh, I was like, excuse me, what? It's, it's crazy. Um. Oh, at one point, Michael Keaton's sister. At some point, we also have to talk about Chasing Liberty because we're mostly just shitting on first daughter. But to be fair, it is a terrible movie. Um. Michael Keaton says to her, like, as a father, I couldn't I couldn't live with myself if anything bad happened to you. And as a president, we just can't afford that right now. I was like, her parents are the real villains. But later, I was like, why are her parents written like scandal characters? Like, they're dark. There's uh, her mother is played there. by, I kept being like, why do I already get first lady vibes from this woman? And it's not, she is not the first lady in Independence Day, but she is Jeff Goldblum's love interest in Independence Day. Yes. And that's why I get first yes. lady vibes from her. But at one point, um, she's like, you just have to, we have been elected, and this is how you have to behave. And it's like, and Katie Holmes says, like, bitch, I wasn't elected. But it's like, ma'am, you're a terrible mother. She also, like, pulls her out of college and makes her go on the campaign trail. And she's like, I'm not telling you. After, like, one drunken dance on a bar, I was like, this girl gets drunk and dances on a bar, and everyone is acting like she shot a man in cold blood in broad daylight. Like, Well, Carrie, I, she also slid down a soapy thing, and her friend was wearing a thong, so he gads. <laughs> And then her father, the president of the United States, keeps talking about this 18-year-old girl's thong. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? He's a Republican. Why, why, is, Big why is this so B-R-E. creepy? Yeah, but also, yes. I mean, I do think that Michael Keaton is a Republican in this movie, but also, like, Bill Clinton's a Democrat. And he definitely talked about 18-year-old girl's thongs. So. Oh, for sure, Carrie. He was a sexual predator. Um. Yeah, her parents are like... I just wrote, fuck Michael Keaton. <laughs> Both of them. I was like, I'm sorry, her parents are in the wrong movie. Like, I keep waiting for them to, like, shoot a guy to, like, get elected. I was like, am I watching an episode of Scandal? What is happening here? Nothing in this movie could have been worse, though, than Michael Keaton's wig, and I stand by that. Oh, so bad. It was so bad. Almost as bad as Mandy Moore's wig at the beginning of Chasing Liberty. Oh, also terrible. Put those wigs together and burn them. The big romantic gesture in this movie, or the big romantic line, was when the and she like says to um the secret service agent guy whose name i will truly never remember james it was james um, was that i don't know it seems like a good 
Don't correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't care. I never want to think about this movie again after we're done talking. But he, she was like, how would it be different if you weren't my Secret Service agent? And he's like, I'd still follow you around all the time. And I was like, ew, girl, run. Yes, but then the problem that I had, again, it's the writing, but the problem that I had is like, if you just leave it there, like if you just say like, I'd still follow you around all the time, like kind of creepy, but like, I get what we're doing. But then he explained it. He he explained what even he if meant. I didn't have to. He was like, even I, but not, but not because I have to, because I'd want to. And I was like, sir, that was implied. You didn't have to explain that. You ruined it. You ruined the moment. Imagine if Jeff looked at you and said, "I just want to follow you around all the time." I'd be like, "Uh, that's what like, I have three year olds for." Ew. And then, uh, and then the final did like the thing dresses so weird. weird. Sorry. Oh yes, that was funny. Mm-hmm. Her she and friend, her friend. Her friend was absolutely just there to be like the token sassy black friend, but like she had some good moments. I feel like there were more black people in this movie because Forrest Whitaker was like, I'm gonna at least try a little bit. Like the chief of staff and or his secretary, her job was unclear. Unclear. But she was a black woman who kept like she would like Katie Holmes would call her and she'd be like, I want to talk to my father, and she'd be like, He won't come to the phone right now. He's really mad at you. And it's like my dad has been mad at me a lot of times, but if I call him, he takes my fucking call. Right. Like, you terrible parent icing out your child. She is going to have some anxious attachment issues. Um, And then, so the final scene is, like, at his inauguration ball, I guess. I don't know. He's been reelected, whatever. And there's, Except like, the, this final the White dance House is decorated between like Christmas. Them. Well, because the inauguration's in January. I think that's accurate, actually fuck off don't don't make don't try and make this movie sound correct i mean allison i just literally spent 20 minutes talking about all the things about it that were incorrect um but they have this like dance scene where she literally vacillates between every emotion i've ever seen on a human being's face she's like laughing she's sad she's confused she's loving him there's no sexual chemistry between them at all no and it like in some ways reminded me of the final dance scene between anthony and kate and scene season two of bridgerton and it's almost like was somebody trying to like emulate this but like do it better like with actual sexual chemistry because because yeah, those I, two people those two I people i thought were gonna to like it i thought they were gonna fuck like on the dance floor these two i was like i don't even know do you two know each other like i have you ever met before what's happening and then the and ending then he, is unclear because now he's on the president's detail because famously if you fuck up and fall in love with the president's daughter and then like I, I don't know, like get to you then get promoted. Both of these movies have these guys getting I guess not. I guess Matthew Good. No, and Chasing Liberty, job. he like quits. Yeah. Um but also, he, calls like, he her should have been fired. He had sex he says, with the like, pre- and Chasing Liberty, he fucked her. He should have been fired. <laughs> no, she says they didn't. What? They we, had sex on that. Because this time. is like still when we liked our women to be virgins. Which is another thing I, I had an issue with both of these movies. But hold on, I'll get there. <laughs> Here, my last two issues with first daughter in the end, he like as a way of complimenting her and telling her how much he loves her, calls her brazen. And I was like, literally, not a word I would use to describe this character ever. A real, ever. if you were noting this movie, you'd be like, hey, let's show not tell, let's show her brazen if he's going to call her brazen and not just as the wettest of blankets. Like her friend keeps right. being like, you're boring, and I'm like, your friend is right. Your friend's right. And her friend keeps being like pissed. There's this whole subplot about how the friend is Mia is pissed because she 
like the first daughter like takes the center of attention away from Mia and it's like a very weird subplot. And I was like, yeah, I flowers. don't what are we what? Um and, and then like, at the end, end hitch your wagon to her star because you're gonna get to marry some like I don't know, rich cabinet member and then become right. a housewife. Like Mia's right. future is looking good if she can just then at the end they like give her a car so she can drive back to college with no secret service. And I was like, listen, the beginning makes most sense because her secret service is not doing any of the things secret service would do. But the end makes no sense because like in no fucking way are they going to let the president's daughter go to college without secret service and drive across the country without secret service. Like in oh, in I, what world? I am now sad that like first children don't get to experience that. Yeah, no, that sucks for sure. It would suck to have a secret service detail around you all the time. Yeah, it would no. Suck in many ways to be the president's daughter. Yes. It would and also again, be awesome like, in a lot of ways. That's why, like, I don't want to make light of like what children who grew up in the White House go through. I but I, mean, I Carrie, just that's feel not like, a marginalized class. We don't have to be like <laughs> there is there was a, a little bit in both these movies of like, oh, these poor little rich girls. Gary, Mandy Moore says, I wrote it down. Mandy Moore says, and no one says, honey, you're 18, so you might think that, but it's actually a deeply problematic thought. It's just like said as a part of this movie. And I quote, prisoners have more freedom than I do. Mm-hmm. No, Mandy. No. Because again, this is 2004, so we can believe that your fake president father, Mark Harmon, has probably needlessly um, passed laws that have uh, imprisoned a lot of people unfairly and unjustly. You have more freedom than those people, sweet girl. Yes. Jeremy Piven isn't like, yes. that's not a great way to think. Um, it was it gave real Ellen at the beginning of the pandemic saying, like, I am a prisoner in my own multi-million dollar home with a farm and an, an acreage and like get out here yeah real imagine video vibes both of these mo- movies had a real like 2004 like we really like our women to be chased vibes like and granted i get like we're doing a whole like dads don't want to see their little girls grow up things but like the amount to which these fathers like did not want their daughters to in any way exhibit interest in men or like be sexual beings was kind of really fucking creepy and weird and like i understand that this was the era maybe a little bit past but like this was the era of like jessica simpson's a virgin and and everybody's worried about like everyone else's virginity well also um, mandy moore let's talk about historical context real quick mandy moore was a member of that she was maybe like the least popular member, but of that Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Jessica Simpson, Mandy Moore, like virginal pop, blonde pop star. And it was right. kind of a, a thing when Mandy Moore dyed her hair brown. Yes. And was in, I, maybe it was saved or I forget like some movie where it was sort of like, oh, that's not what we're doing anymore. Also, side note, I think Mandy Moore is just like, I think I'm a more talented actor than I am a singer. And everyone was like, yes, Mandy. Anyway. I really feel like Mandy Moore needs props for the way that she transitioned herself from teen pop star, virginal pop star to grown up actor. I honestly like, think it probably did her a great service that she was the least popular of those four women. Yes. I think that that's absolutely true. I genuinely is, we talk about Katie Holmes, not a very good actress. Mandy Moore is a very good actress. Like, yes. 
I think that's the other reason like I enjoyed watching Chasing Liberty more is again like I actually felt like Mandy Moore was a teenager was in this situation like I mean obviously I know it's you know whatever but like she's just more fun to watch I also think like the setting is more fun it's like like made up weird made up college versus like European I thought you were going to say weird made up countries. And I was like, Carrie, Czechoslovakia is real. Oh, no, no, no. I was saying, <laughs> like, in weird first made daughter, up in first daughter, we, like, put this boring girl in college and, like, don't let her have any fun versus, like, Mandy Moore goes on this, like, European adventure where she's, like, bouncing around from country to country. Like, yeah, the setting Prague, itself is just more interesting. Yeah. I will say this is the second. We've only watched two Matthew Good movies on this platform. I don't think we'll ever watch another one because I don't know that there is anymore. In both. He gets stuck in a older woman's home pretending to be married to the woman he's with and then has to sleep on the floor to avoid having sex with her. Right? Like, like poor guy. If I had a nickel for every time that happened, I would only have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> I also, this is a hot take. I think I enjoyed him more in this movie than I did in that Amy Adams movie. Yeah. He's... His role in the Adams in the Amy Adams movie, he's literally just like a dick the whole time. Like at least in this, he's like a decent guy. And I like it when he's a little bit mean. Sure, but like it didn't do the thing of like he's a little bit mean, but then I see like why she falls for him. Like whereas in this, like he's a little bit mean, but then like we get some moments of softness. Honestly, this I'm sorry, in leap year his fiance left him and took the claw to ring and also he looked like matthew good and had an irish accent i didn't even remember that part of the story the amount of space in my brain i now have for like terrible rom-coms is i pre-looked last night i was so mad that i had to watch this first of all i I followed up with three episodes of bad sisters because i was like i need to watch good art (laughs) um no shade to the people who made this except jerry o'connell to whom i always want to shade um but I looked up what we're watching next because I needed. I was like, if it's a bad movie, I'm changing it. <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, yeah, we have we barely talked about Chasing Liberty because it is better, I guess. I guess it's not good, Jeremy. No, Pippen's it's not entire, good. Jeremy Piven's entire arc is that he's sexually harassing his coworker, and then they fall in love. Yes. Well, again, we have so we have Jeremy Piven sexually harassing his coworker, and then she falls in love with him. And then in First Daughter, we have like repeated scenes where men are just being like disgusting to Katie Holmes and like grinding up on her. And she's like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. And again, it's that thing of like we really in the late 90s, early aughts were like just lying to women about what they should expect from men. Like women are objects to be sexualized the bottom of the barrel like if you're being sexualized by and objectified by a man then you're doing something right like just the worst shit we were telling teenage girls back then and we were two of them like just bullshit that being said i am a jeremy piven apologist that's such a great <laughs> thing to be because not only does I he know. always play monster characters, but he, I don't think is a good person in real life. No, no, no. 
I know. I know it's a hard, it's a hard space to live in. It's the Chicago but in there. Despite the way you yes. pronounce daughter every we are from Chicago, not New Jersey. And there is there's something about, about that Piven performance. Trash that... Yes. That Chicago trash bag that just makes me feel like I'm at home. Because he's rich trash though, too. Like he grew up like like the Piven Theater family is is story to Chicago theater family. Like he's not like Southside trash. He's Evanston trash. So he's trash right. with money. No, I get it. I get it. Listen, I am not proud of like living in the space I live in, but when Jeremy Piven shows up in a movie, I'm like, listen, at least I'm in for a good time. I can't fault. I mean, yeah, you're in for a good time if you want to watch a beautiful Italian woman who deserves so much better than Jeremy Piven get sexually harassed and be like, I think I'm in love with you because you cut your hair short. His hair looked better long. Like, yes, men who are losing their hair. Totally normal. A great move is to do like a close cut because then you don't see the hair loss as much. And if you can rock a bald head, by all means, rock it. But like the weird cut he gives, she's like, if you just like cut your hair down, it would look less like you're trying to compensate for the balding and it would look more intentional. And then he just gets like a weird short hair. He like half does it. And she's like, it looks great. And I'm like, don't lie to him. It looks terrible. It's like, man, that's not what you were talking about. She that's not what you meant. It. Right. No. right. Embrace the bald, Piv. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm not in support of what Jeremy Piven's character did in this movie. I'm just saying like, I like it when he shows up in a movie. All right. I just, I know I'm going to like at least enjoy his presence. I do have some questions just logistically about Chasing Liberty. And it is, they hardly sleep. Never bathe. At the midpoint of this movie, I thought she must smell absolutely disgusting. Not a tooth. A yeah. tooth has not been brushed. Uh, no, Alice, and they brush it with their, they have that cute moment where they brush it with their finger. I have brushed my teeth with my finger. That gets you six hours max. You need to get in there with some bristles. No, I, it was gross. Yeah. Um, they hadn't showered yet. Her hair was not greasy. At one point, they get pickpocketed by McGruff, who then become, who then we like again later. Like, he had the best arc of this movie. Um, but it's like, so now she doesn't have her passport? Did she ever have her passport? Do first daughters hold on to their pass? How is she crossing country lines? Logistically, I need to know. Although maybe because they're all in the EU, it doesn't, I, fuck, I don't know. No, that's not no how it works. I have traveled between countries in the EU and you still need a passport. I have no, I have no answer. The only time that didn't work is that when I was in Ireland going to Northern Ireland, they didn't check it. And then Northern Ireland going to Scotland, they didn't check it. I was like, this is just because none of you can agree on who, what Northern Ireland is a part of. Yeah. But like... I- Going into going from Ireland to Portugal, I needed going going from Ireland to Paris. I needed a passport. Yeah, presumably from Italy to Germany, they would have needed something. Yeah, um, from Prague to Italy. Fair point. Fair point. I want to go to Prague. Should we go and trace our ancestry? <laughs> yes. You know the other thing that Chasing Liberty had on First Daughter, a far superior soundtrack. Oh yeah, the, again. The I movie that- could could not like fa- find an appropriate sound mixing if it tried, but it did have a good soundtrack. It was real good early aughts, like Faith Hill. It had it gave beginning of Legally Blonde. I just woke up this a little after twelve, like that vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember a song playing in 
first daughter. Oh, the song in the credits. I don't remember what it was, but it was so bad that I I, I yelled and turned it off. Yeah, I don't remember. Honestly, don't remember a song at all in first daughter. There were several good music moments in Chasing Liberty. At what point I write down Piven and his victim find them so easily. That's his partner, but I did was at this point referring to her as his victim because he was sexually harassing her. You um, mean like when they landed a helicopter in, in the middle of like a very crowded event? I'm talking about when they were like when Mandy Moore and Matthew Good were like sitting in a cafe and they're going by on a boat and they're like, mm, there they are. <laughs> You're in Venice. I think there are a lot of people there. It's also like sure. a confusing city to get through. Like, <laughs> what? Oh, they also then later just like run into McGrath. And he's like, I had to steal your money because I have to follow this woman I'm in love with. Never mind. Your friend's cute. Like, okay, Truly. King, go off. I don't remember why I wrote down, is she on drugs? But I stand by it. It's fair. I mean, maybe she went to the Berlin Love Parade. Isn't everybody on drugs? She also gets like sexually over weirdly. She like gets like kind of sexually assaulted at the Berlin Love Parade. And then we just like don't talk about it at all. She gets sexually assaulted and then faints. I think this is when I'm like, is she on drugs? Like, why is she passing out? Because then he can like gallantly save her. Right. My favorite part of both these movies is that we have this scene in both movies. They open like focused on a on the girl and then it like pans out to show us like, oh, by the way, she lives in a White House. Like we didn't all come into this movie knowing exactly what the premise was. The best was the the Forrest Whitaker voiceover at the end of First Daughter because he does voiceover at the beginning and end. Inexplicably, it's you don't need it and it's never a part of it. But at some point he was like, she's just a little girl who grew up in a white house. It was like, her father is only in his first term. She's only been there since she was 14. (laughs) Right. This isn't some like girl grew up in a cat. Like she was probably in a governor's mansion before this. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, Terrible movie. Do you think these are the worst movies we've watched? Not like problematic wise. Because that's 16 Candles. But 16 Candles is still a much better made movie than these trash heaps first daughter is probably the worst movie we've watched yeah it has like for me it has no redeemable qualities there's not a thing that i can say about it like for chasing liberty here's what i'll say like here's what to me personally what chasing liberty has over first daughter and again i am not like gonna sing the praises of chasing liberty but at least mandy moore is a better actor than katie holmes the dialogue is a little bit better. I know it's a low bar. The bar's literally in hell, but the dialogue is a little bit better. The soundtrack is better. We have like a European adventure that's more fun than like whatever the fuck Katie Holmes is doing in that movie. Because it's also not clear, like the storyline changes in First Daughter a lot. Yeah. Um, not a through line. I will say First not. Daughter had Joan Rivers. True, fair point. I said, R.I.P. Joan Rivers, what did you think of this movie, honestly? you Did you what, say something about this movie, Joan? You would have hated this. The other thing about, sorry to keep shitting on First Daughter, but like, to the point about like, not a through line, there's also not a through line with the love story because like, when she finally figures out his secret, his excuse is like, well, what could I have given you? And I was like, wait, I'm sorry. Can you not be together because it's highly inappropriate because you're her secret service agent or because you don't feel like you're worthy of her like what excuse me also like at the end were they 
at one point the secret service agent they finally are like yeah tall bald guy you can have one line and he's like she'll be back for spring break and it's like wait are they together or not right which yeah, need to be together. Like, he's 18 like go slut it up at college but what at least at the end of chasing liberty we get like a happy ending and a hot kiss like i at first at the end of first daughter i'm like watch what? chasing liberty will you either but i know the answer to first daughter will you ever watch chasing liberty again it's on like tv in the middle of the day or you can sit in silence because i might choose silence can <laughs> really i read a life. book like do i get other options sure or is it like stare at a wall there's books and tiktok and yeah i mean that's the thing is like we're not living in 2004 anymore we're like i'm a teenager and all i have access to is like tbs and this is on like there are streaming platforms and my phone and you know like this is not how i i barely ever get any time to myself like this would not be how i would be choosing to gen z is time. listening to like tbs what like what do you LOL, don't have any gen <laughs> z listeners. there are no gen z's listening <laughs> we're not that interested strictly millennial podcast um do you have anything else to say i'm pretty sure so like I think that that pink dress she wears at one point in First Daughter to, I think, like, I don't know, some kind of ball. I'm pretty sure that was my prom dress, except mine was green. Oh, Oh, I was going to say, at one point you had a pink dress, though, for something. When did you have a green prom dress? Senior year. I I cannot picture. I need to see pictures. I'll find you a picture. But I'm pretty sure that that dress was my prom dress, but in green. Did you go to four proms? Look at you. Oh, it reminded me of the dress you wore to our cousin Anne's wedding. Similar, yes, except my that, that one was more my tea-like. dress was T length, yes. Yeah, so uh, we had I had a yellow dress with pink flowers that I absolutely fucking loved. It was 100 percent Jessica McClintock. Also, I believe in the year of our Lord 2004. Um, and you that had that dress a- also was like your dress, I feel like, is like back in style. Oh, I'd wear that shit again, except I'm not the same size I was when I was 13, 15. Also, How old are we? still have it? Because she shouldn't. Uh, if she still has it, we should give it to Lexi, your cousin Anne's daughter. Anyway, you then had a pink dress that matched the pink of my flowers. And never before in the world have there been two cuter candle lighters at a wedding. No. Also, what a sweet fake wedding roll she made for us. She's like, they're too right. old to be flower girls. They're too young to be bridesmaids. They can light the candles in the church. And by God, we did it well. What are you looking at? I'm just looking at my notes. And, and toward she, the end Mom of her daughter. Dress, it's in the closet behind you. I don't think she does. But um, like after we reveal that he is a secret service agent now he's back he's in a suit like he now he's dressed as a secret service agent and i was like why wouldn't he still be in plain clothes like this movie makes no fucking sense i cannot also here's my thing yeah I feel you're like, just your one thing no here's like here's my thesis about both of these movies this premise could have been good this premise this is could a great have been, premise this is a great first of all i need to know like Given the number of children that, like, came of age in the White House, like, has this never happened? I just want, like, I want to know. Um, you mean they never, like, run away to Europe? No, no, but, like, so, which one's the younger one? The younger the younger Obama girl was like, fuck you guys and go to Europe. Remember when the older no, ones like, smoked weed and people were mad and it was like, yeah, isn't she, like, 
19 of course she's fucking smoking weed i you like you're gonna tell me that none of none of the kids that like went through the white house ever like developed a crush on a secret service agent particularly like the young ones who are like specifically chosen to guard them like please. no but also like I, the other thing that this movie glossed the fuck over was like what is the age difference between these people because these girls are the hair legal i do think matthew good is like i'm 23 so like all right yeah. 18 23 fine the other one is like yeah in that movie they were very specific to tell us both their ages not in this one i was like he's 35 if he's a (laughs) yeah but to be fair manny moore probably was 30 anyway no um, i'm saying in first daughter like that katie oh yeah 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 well i mean he was playing a college student in buffy so you know um what was i gonna say something about oh this premise is so good. Like, I need the good version of this premise. All right. Who would star in it now? Are we still, like, they're 18? I guess that's the only way it really works. They have to be at least an adult. Yeah, it's the only way it works because they have to be, they can't be, like, adult children because then they're responsible right. for their own life. But they have to be of legal age to be dating a service agent. So, like, you got to be, like, college age, right? You have to have been a child when your parent went into the White House and then become right. an adult right so the secret agent has to have groomed you as horses no like you go off to college and you get your like new secret service agent who's going to be sure, like sure, your sure. college secret service agent and he's 21 so it's perfect right like he he's like fresh by... out of secret service college i don't know like the kid stars these days you know i don't i was just gonna say like i have no idea i want to be like zendaya and tom holland like they're 30 <laughs> they're in their 30s allison not in their 30s she still plays a high school student not anymore she got canceled she didn't get canceled the show got canceled euphoria yeah euphoria got canceled i think i'm pretty sure it did yeah that when hbo like a couple weeks ago, or a month or so ago when hbo like went on but a tear love i think euphoria, euphoria was i know i think people the, were shocked never seen an episode but the kids love it at one point, Katie Holmes gets pulled out of a... I'm just going to keep shitting on... You got to cut me off. Okay, I'm done. No, wait, what is it? <laughs> she, she gets, like, pulled out of a pool frat party and, like, taken to her father. And he says to her, I don't negotiate with people in swimwear. The degradation of, like, women being, like, feminine sexual beings in the... In the <laughs> I was just also, like... Also, she's I, like, the last time I wore a bikini, I, I, my boobies didn't fill it out because I was a child. It was like, what the fuck you been wearing on vacation with your family? Although dad once I did buy a bikini and uh, when I was like probably 14 and like mom and I had gone shopping and I wanted to show dad all my clothes and I put on the bikini I bought and he just went, wow, skippy. The moral of the story being, I don't know the, <laughs> the young actors. I could not tell you who would be in this movie nowadays, but I'm like, you're listening what, who's and you the have guy that Olivia Rodrigo hates? He's young. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the kid. But I don't know what he looks like. Olivia Rodrigo could be in this movie. Jenna Ortega. Like I'm just naming like the only young actors I know. Um, there's that one, you know. Anyway, I'm never gonna remember a name. Carrie, I know you I know the answer to this is yes, but do you have anything else you need to say about chasing? No, no. Um I will never watch either of these movies again. No, but you know we get to watch next week. No, well, what do we get to watch next week? The object of my affection. Oh my god, what a good one. We Probably. need to cleanse our palate with a 90s rom-com that is great. Yes. Oh my um, god, I'm so week, excited. Next week we're watching The Object of My Affection. 
Um, I think it's gonna, I think particularly for the time it's gonna hold up because I think we're gonna avoid any he's gay but falls in love with her. I mean, I know because I remember this movie, we're gonna avoid any he's gay but falls in love with her tropes. Yeah. There may be some other issues just because of like the time and it's very white. Um, oh, sure. Uh, but- I'm sorry. The I'm pretty sure whoever Paul Reddy ends up at the end is black. Pretty sure no. Paul Red ends up with a black guy. Jennifer Aniston ends up with a black guy. Paul Rudd ends up with a white guy. Well, we I think. spoiled that movie for you. But <laughs> join us anyway. <laughs> join us next week. Somebody um, ends up with a black guy. Right. Who has like Not four lines. Not the guy from but... Mad About You. Sure. Who is Sarah Hyland's father. Also, our first Sarah Hyland rom-com. Oh my God. It's going to be great. I can't wait can't wait thank god for a palate cleanser after these two movies that were awful rough awful we watched two bad movies how did these two terrible movies get made the last same year no less in the the last time we did this exact thing it was the friends with benefits no strings attached which are like those are two mediocre like those are two medium good movies yeah they both had redeemable qualities yeah i don't know what happened here i need somebody to remake this movie and make it well because the premise the premise has promise the the promise the, the premise i can't do it um i can't make it think that's because they're the same word with one different word letter so if you like try to then you're just saying the other word you know what i'm saying okay bye bye thank you for listening goodbye